Welcome to a new episode of NY Just Fans Podcast with hosts Davin, Sharman, and Chris. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast, Instagram at NY Just Fans Podcast as we get into a new week of news. We, we, have, we have much to talk about, so let's get straight into it. Um, Bryce Hall signed this, uh, was the first uh, draft from the 2020 draft uh, from the Jets. He signed the contract four years. Um, $3.6 million. Uh, Sharman, I will start this off with you. Um, what, what can, what you see out of the kid and, and is the contract worth it? Yeah, the contract is worth it. Uh, um, he was injured. He had a horrible injury where I think he tore ligaments in his foot, in his leg and, and, and broke his ankle at the same time. Uh, um, so, so he wasn't able to perform the way he was, he, um, he wasn't on the field last year, but 2018, he basically had an elite college uh, season. Uh, he had like a 21 pass deflections um, and that tied him with most deflections in a single season by, by, by an ACC player since 2000, you know. So, so the, kid, the kid is nice. He is um, he's 6'1", I think. Um, I forgot I forgot how how tall I think I know he's six one but I can't remember the numbers. Uh six one, two or two. So he's a pretty big corner. You know, corners are never that really that real that tall. Uh um so he so he is he is a um a pretty good player. Um watching the film which uh we will break down more in depth later. Um he has the potential. He's very explosive. He's not high-end fast. He's not one of those really, really fast guys, but he is explosive enough, especially out of his breaks, to get his hands on the ball, which, which, uh, which you could tell from the pass deflections he had when he was healthy. Um, there's things about his, games that need that, about his game that needs work, you know, every time with a rookie, but this kid could probably be one of the steals of the draft, man, when you look at it, because I think if he wasn't injured in 2019, he might have been a late first round, second round pick. Uh, the fact that the Jets got him all the way in the fifth round is a steal, in my opinion. Um, so there, there's, there's a lot there. Um, that I think it shows in the fact that they signed him first, in my opinion. Uh, that I, I, I think that's one of those Joe Douglas gems, in my opinion. We'll still still wait to see, you know, how it's gonna work out. But I really love that kid. I I, I love the potential. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good thing, man. They got the signing out of the way too. Um, I think we're gonna start seeing more signings as we get closer to camp opening and everything, and things start to get back to somewhat normal normalcy. Uh, but I think the signing is great. Uh, four years, you know, not much money, which is great, and. Um, like you said, it could be a steal. The potential is there. You know, we've seen it on tape. So um, let's hope it does become the steal of the draft. Um, but obviously the injury is there. And let's just hope it doesn't, you know, come up again, uh, you know, when he does start playing again. And uh, But the good thing is we do have some kind of depth at, at the corner position now. Uh, not great depth but we do have depth not like last year where we were picking up guys every week so uh um, right. but uh yeah so at least you know we don't have to force this guy in you know he can take his time healing up and when he's ready to go uh we'll see what we'll see what happens 
Yep. Um, and to me, Bryce Hall is second round talent at best. Uh, he plays. He's, he's he's best playing in the um in the heavy zone scheme with the best traits. Uh, you know, best traits is ball skills. Um, as Sharma said, and physical physicality. Um, he still needs to work on his man coverage and flexibility, but that could get fixed with with Greg Williams. You know, Greg Greg with the veteran uh with the veteran coaching that we have and with the oops sorry about that with the veteran coaching. With the veteran coaching that we have in Greg Williams, we'll, you know, he'll be able to fix that. So that's just my take on it. Cool. Um, so, so Chris, uh, could you talk? Could you uh, let us know about the linebackers? Uh, talk about what CJ and Avery uh, coming back to bring to this team. I think they're going to make a huge difference on this defensive team. We've seen what um, what CJ. Uh, meant to this team in that first half of uh, the Bills game. Unfortunately, it was only the first game. But um, you could see he was all over the field. Uh, yes. He was, like, basically our field general also. Um, basically the team captain. I know um, Adams is, but you know he's basically like the quarterback of the defense, uh, CJ, when he's out yes. there. And uh, we'll definitely see that this year if he stays healthy. We'll definitely see why, uh, why we paid uh, – all that money for this guy. Um, and um, and Avery Williamson, you know, we, that's another guy we've seen a lot too. He could definitely do it out there. Uh, he had a good year the year before. Uh, he was pretty good with, uh, what was it, Tennessee, right? He was with? Uh, yeah. Yes. I think yeah. He's, from, yeah. Yes. So he's a good veteran uh, presence, you know, something we need uh, out there as well. Uh, again, linebacker was another position where we were going five, six deep into our, uh, you know, into our depth at that position as well. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to this team playing without all the injury concerns we had last year. You know, if we could have a healthy team this year and just get some good luck on our side, I think this defense is going to be really special. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I think we really kind of uh, suffered at linebacker. I think um, – there were some stats that I saw that I will, especially the middle linebackers, I think they gave up the most touchdowns in the NFL when you're talking as a, as a, as a, as a group. Uh, um, I think you would give up like four touchdowns and, and, and Basham gave up three. And it, it was crazy. It was just crazy. I think teams were basically picking on the weakest part of the team, basically. And we we went into the team thinking it was it was the corners, but it, but they weren't really attacking the corners. They were really attacking the middle of the field, and the linebackers. So the return of a, uh, CJ and the return of Avery is going to help that. Um, that's also going to put players back where they're supposed to be instead of having them play inside where they could play. They could play outside more. Um, I think um, I think um, maybe Blake Cashman. Uh, could play wheel, uh, and because he, he takes a huge step forward, um, and, and play wheel because he has the speed, uh, the diet, to, but he was just missing, you know, um, this the diag diagnosing skills it takes to play linebacker. Um, I think I think uh, somebody like uh, we we got Jenkins back. You we know what Jenkins brings to the table. Um, he is kind of a steady force. He's not, you know, he's not too high, never too high, never too low. 
but he's not an elite pass rusher, which we need. And I hope that we get uh, coming, coming uh, it, with, with some of the um, guys that we got, like uh, the kid from, um, from Miami that we got, and also Bryce Huff that we got, uh, that, was, uh, that we got late in the draft. I think, or was he late in the draft, or was he uh, undrafted? I can't undrafted. remember. Yeah, he was undrafted. So yeah, so let's hope that we get one of those guys to step up to play outside. Um, I I really like Huff. Um, I like his potential, um, uh, and um, I hope I hope that he could like inject the kind of energy that we need on the outside to get to funnel plays back inside to the dangerous guys we have inside on defensive on def- on that defensive line. But um, it looks like that we're going to um, – this defense is going to be much better, uh, more consistent than last year with, because it was really good last year. And I, I, um, I think, I think it, has, uh, it has a lot of space to be better because of the upgrade at linebacker, especially with C.J. and Avery. Uh, when healthy, I think C.J. and Avery along with Jenkins will be, will be a good trio. Uh, we saw with CJ when the Buffalo game, we saw see what CJ can do. Um, he'd be a great leader other than Adams. Uh, CJ is going to be a, a great leader for that defense. Um, Avery alongside this, this is going to be, it might be, it might be scary. It might not, but I know it's going to be better than, than last year. But the question is who will, who will be the third string linebackers and who's going to get cut before the season start? Um, I see. I saw some linebackers that that have a potential. That's already second string. Then we signed uh, what's the guy named um, Anwaza. I forget, I, if I can get his name right, uh, he started alongside with with, with Mosley as well. With Mosley as well, um, thirty-two starts for the Ravens. So it's, it all depends. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I think. But I think this. But I think this linebacker group will, will be better than last season. Yeah. Uh, so let's, so let's, right. So let's move along to some NFL news. 49ers, uh, George Kittle, uh, way contract is way, way off, but Kittle said he not, not just want to be a tight end paid as the highest tight end in the league, but also maybe more than that. So Chris, what, what would you take okay. on this approach with the, with the George Kittle? With well, George it's, Kittle? it's definitely going to be interesting because obviously he's going to, he's going to want the, the top pay as, as the, um, as the tight end. He's obviously the top tight end in the league right now. <clears throat> Probably taking over for Kelsey. But here's an interesting thing with, um, with Kittle is that he's the only tight end ranked in the top 10 in blocking and also receiving. Hmm. Okay. He's the only one that's ranked in top 10 in both blocking and receiving. So I think he's, you know, his agent and himself, they're saying, Hey, we're, we're worth more than any tight end. Obviously that's one thing, but we are also in the same kind of uh, predicament, not predicament, same kind of category as a wide receiver because they basically do just as much or actually even more because they do blocking as well. Yeah. And to, yeah. And to kind of bolster what you just said, Chris, um, after having for, oh, a little over 500 yards in his first year, he's basically posted 2,000-yard seasons in, the la- in his last two seasons. Right. When you count his yards, he basically almost has 
3,000 yards whilst he's been in the league. There's never been a tight end that has started their career with that many yards. And he's averaging, he averaged last year almost 16 yards per catch. Think about how much, that means he, that's ridiculous. You know, so he's beyond elite at his position. So, so, so like you said, um, not only as a receiver, but he is a very good blocking tight end also. So he has a he has an argument to get to to get paid. Just his his some stats from last year. Last season he only played in fourteen games, hmm. and he had eighty five catches in fourteen games. Crazy for one thousand fifty three yards, uh, twelve point four average, five touchdowns. But the year before, in a full sixteen game season, playing in all sixteen games, excuse me. He had 88 catches, but for 1,377 yards for an average of 15.6 and also five touchdowns. And you got to remember, too, he's not exactly playing with an elite quarterback. I mean, you could call Garoppolo what you want, but he's no – I wouldn't call him an elite quarterback. I would call no, him a not. pretty good – he's pretty good. That's good. good. Yep. Right? Yep. But I wouldn't call him an elite quarterback. <clears throat> and then when you look at their receivers, I mean – there's nothing really great out there. So he's basically on his own on that offense and he's doing pretty good for himself, you know, and well, uh, they will have, they will have more, more weapons this year. Yeah, so with the, with the kids they drafted and stuff. So yeah, there's a possibility he could, he could be even more dangerous now. <laughs> given the right, weapons his numbers that actually might go down. He might be more dangerous, like you said, but his numbers might actually go down because he might not well, be yeah. targeted Catching, as many times. Right. You know, like last year he was targeted. Let me just say, uh, he was targeted 107 times. Woo! So that might go down to 10, 15 from last, you know, like you said, with all the extra weapons. But it also might make him more dangerous because now you may not be able to double team him, you know, stuff like that. So, right. um, but he's definitely going to get the, the top pay for a tight end. It's just a matter of how much is he going to get closer to the top wide receiver money. I mean, that's now you're talking big money. Hmm. So um, it's going to be interesting how this, how this works out. Yeah. The last player, the last tight end that tried to get uh, wide receiver money. Remember who he was? Wide receiver. Jim, Jimmy uh, Graham. Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Oh. Right. Devin. Yeah. Jimmy Graham tried to do that. And what happened? What, what did he get for that? <laughs> he got um, he got he basically got traded away right Devin? yeah yeah so so i don't know man if he'll get wide receiver money but he's gonna get a huge contract yeah oh either way he's getting he's definitely getting up there he's definitely gonna get top tight end money it's just yes. like you know like his agent said i'm not gonna i'm not in the tight end market i'm in the the kittle market and that was <laughs> that was to me an interesting uh you know, way of saying it that yep. that's obviously to me saying he's getting more. He wants more than tight end, top tight end money. Uh, I have a I have a different approach to this situation. Uh, the 49ers have leverage, um, and the reason why I say this is um, just reading articles and you know and you know doing my doing my due diligence. Um, after this year. He he's he's twenty. He's going to be twenty seven after this season, correct? Right. So if they tag yeah. him, he he'll get ten point six million. And if they want to tag him again for twenty twenty two, twelve point six million. 
at, and, and I know they're going to have $49 million. 49 is going to have $49 million, uh, 20, 2021 and 2022, $86 million so far. But that's without with the salary cap, what's going on with the salary cap that we'll talk about on next week's episode because we got to figure out more information from that. But if I'm the 49ers and I'm like, listen, you're 20, you're about to be 27. We know how we, we always talk about the 30 and up. 30 and up. Is they still going to play elite? Is, is they going to play this kind of way or that kind of way? I'm, I'm just saying, you know, take, maybe, maybe take it. If y'all feel like y'all can't get a deal, I'm, five years maybe is too much for me. I'm not saying the guy is not great. He's good. He's, he's great. In his prime, he is great. But 49ers have leverage. And this is my take. 49ers have more leverage than Kittle does. Uh, that's true. Okay. No, um, nah, I'm about to say. I know y'all might disagree <laughs> with me, but I'm just no, saying no, no. this is this is this no. is the way how I just look at it. I know. I, 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 you know what? I agree. And you know what? San Fran might might do that. They might just slap the franchise tag for the next two years. The whole thing is he might he might hold out too. Oh, you know, of course. That's that's always an option, Chris. But you know, right. at the same time. You you can't go nowhere. <laughs> no, I know the, the thing. The thing with the thing with what Davin says is probably what's ringing true around the league right now, where teams are very, uh, what would I say? They're very cautious. kind of cautious in signing huge contracts um, to anybody because um, they're looking at all the teams that have signed all these huge lucrative contracts, and basically these teams are failing. And but mm. in my opinion, dig a little deeper. If you look into those teams, they're basically underachieving because they're doing a bad job in their front office. Um, we've spoken in, in at nauseum about what the Rams have done, has done, and like it's almost like they're always playing this game where they're going all in. But how much all in can you go? You know, you have to have a future plan. So it makes a lot of what they do on on the on, on paper looks great, but mm-hmm. it doesn't bring them anything. Yes, they, when you 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 know you you're saying oh they're one of the elite teams in the NFL. In my opinion, they should have showed well showed better when they were in the Super Bowl, and they should have cool. played better last year. They failed yeah. to me to protect their quarterback and their running game because they did not address enough at the, um their their offensive line. So. So you, I mean, you could talk about all the other teams that do stuff like that, like like uh, like the Vikings, who to me still has a shot this year. So I don't want to kill them, really, you know, with the Kirk Cousins signing and 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 you know many other teams you could think about. A lot of those teams are just doing bad decisions, not just with signing major contracts, but the amount of those contracts they keep on the books. So that so you know, to me, if you the way the 49ers run their offense is because they have a couple of guys that are very versatile that do things like nobody else does in the NFL. Uh, I think their their fullback, who is basically a running back, fullback, tight end, and offensive lineman in one, a tight end that could be a running back, tight end, and wide receiver all in one. And a running back, a wide receiver that is a running back and a wide receiver all in one. So you basically can do and change 
the way you do things on offense and the way you draw plays up a multitude of ways. And preparing to play the 49ers is like no other team in the NFL. And that is why it will, in my opinion, I kind of, not fully, but kind of disagree with what Davin said. I think he made great points, but when it comes to what the 49ers do, they, they cannot replace Skittle. There's no tight end that could do what he does, especially when you're talking about scheme fit, what the 49ers do directly. They need the ridiculous versatility of their fullback and tight end and wide receiver. There is a reason why these guys and that offense is so unblockable. It's because of those three guys, mostly, in my well, opinion. Well, I'm going to say this. If, if it's like that and Kittle think he deserved that money, then took, we will see it. I think, in my opinion, we'll see a different approach because how many guys are like, like this is our own opinion. What's, what's the percentage? What's the percentage you think of guys making, having a nice contract and making it over 30, the age of 30 that we always talk about, get out of that contract? Like playing the whole, playing the whole fully contract. Not a no, lot, true. but it, exactly. it's true. You're right. That, you're right. That's, that's a good. That's, that's a good question. But right. there's also another shade to that, though, because there's another reason why people don't play past their thirty-year contract is because most of the time the team themselves go to them and say, "Hey, man, listen, man, you're over thirty now. I don't want to pay you like you're twenty-two anymore. Uh, can you like take a discount?" You know, <laughs> this is what happened. Remember too, you know, most of the time it's not because of performance. Most of the time it's because the team starts ha- making these arguments. It's like, listen, man, I can't be paying you like a 22-year-old. You're 30. Mm, you understand I feel me? Like, I feel like if they still playing at top, at top level, then the contract is nothing. Nothing, you know, shouldn't be asked, asked for at, at that. You know, if we see like Adrian Peterson, for, for example, play at a high level, like, we will never – we'd be like, oh, yeah, we, we don't need to ask. He can still play. It's just the amount of years. I'm, I'm not saying Kittle's situation is going to be the same or it's going to be different, but when, but when you hit that age and, and you're asking – and you're already asking, you're asking for an amount of, of not even the wide – just like you said, Charmin, tight end, but wide receiver money – it didn't go too well, and that same situation can happen. I'm not saying Kittle was bad or anything. I'm just no, no, I, but I think it can happen. Different. But the franchise tag is definitely an option I will take if I'm the 49ers. Okay, but here's the here's the thing though. He's he's 26 this year, so he's in his prime. He's going to be so, 27 in October. Okay, next year or this year? This year. This year? Okay. Yes. If I'm just let's use this as an example. If you do want to give him the um, the franchise tag next year, right? Correct. Okay, you give him the franchise tag next year to ten million, whatever he gets. Then the following year, if you give it to him again, that's another twelve million. So you've Correct. already paid him twenty two over the next two years, and he's only going to be twenty nine at that time. Hmm. So to give this guy a four year deal, and you're going to run it into age 30, 31 years old, that's not horrible. So if you exactly. want the money now, yeah. now is the time to sign him. I don't I, know if I was. I don't I, know if he would want a four-year contract. This is the problem with me. Like I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep you know going crazy over it. But if he asks for a five-year deal, I think he lost his mind. And I know you can cut him and you can do all of that guaranteed contract. Blah blah blah. 
I'm just saying, just hold your horses. If you can't make a deal, do what you got to do. That, that's all I'm saying. Just do what you got to do. And it wouldn't be wrong for them to do it. They have the leverage, not kill them. Uh, to, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, he could just say, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to play for you. I'm just going to sit out. And then he's going to force a trade, and then he'll go somewhere else, and then someone else will pay him. Because he's still – he's in his prime. You know, you're talking – the way you're talking, it's almost like he's 30 years old or 31 years old, and he's past his prime. He's just entering his prime right now. He's 27. So he's got a good at least three all-pro awesome years, what he's doing right now. At least, maybe more, well, because look at guys like Tony Gonzalez. They went hmm. – you know, he's – He's obviously, you know, very rare, but you don't know exactly. what if Kendall I'm about to say, you can't, you, can't, you can't put, put Gonzalez with Kittle, but I think I'm trying to understand. But I still would disagree with y'all, but, yeah, I mean, it's not I a problem. Yeah, I, I have no problem. Listen, if they signed him right now to a four- or a five-year deal, that – I wouldn't you know, have an issue with it. Yeah, nope. you can't because the guy's 26, 27 years old, and he's the best player at his position. He's the only I, one, like I said – ranked in the top 10 in receiving and in blocking at tight end. And like I said, we've never seen a tight end that has that many yards right. in the first three years of, his, of, of, of playing in the NFL. And, it's unheard of. And when you think about it, too, if you want to look at it from a financial end of it, okay, his, this is the first year he's making over like $700,000. Yep. And he's still this year being paid much less than any – he's like the 22nd paid tight end in the league right now. You know what he got paid his first three years? First three years, his his uh, base salary four sixty five, five fifty five, and then six forty five. So if you pay him a little bit extra the next three, four, or five years, you know what? You you still you still made out on the deal. <laughs> That's yeah, the and you're making out like a bandit. And and <laughs> right. another thing, when we talk about contracts, another thing we we always have to pay attention to is the fact that um, taking care of your own matters. Um, yes. Team players look at that, you know, there's, there's going to be a time you're going to want to sign a free agent and the free agent is going to go through your, 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 your contracts and see that you had a pretty elite quarterback, um, um, pretty elite tight end and you didn't want to give him a contract because you felt like you could, you know, you could string it out, you know, and then cut him. You know, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's how you want to play it. Then I ain't going to come over here, man. Right. You know, exactly. as simple as that. And, you know, so I, I think I think I think we all have great points, but I you know I he's slightly you don't want to, dis yeah, I, I disagree slightly with disagree with you, David. Slightly. Yeah. And, that's how you don't. and I disagree with both of y'all. So there you go. That's that's, that's <laughs> great. It's also, it's also so, the, like you say, it's also the type of player you don't want to mess with for that reason. That, you know, yep. he's like the star player on your team. You know, so you want to try to take care of this guy. You know, I'm not saying overpay and whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, but I would still say, listen, we want you here for life. You know, like we always hear about with Adams, but with him, you know what? Yeah, we, we want you here for life. That's what I would say. You know what? We'll sign you to a four or five year deal. And then, you know, maybe longer if him, that's what he wants. I'd but. give him 12. I'd give him 12 a year for the next for the next four years. Well, oh, oh he's, no, he, he wants five years and 18 mil a year. Let, let, give, that, give that to him. Give, give that to him. <laughs> I don't know if I'd give him nope. 18, but nope. that's, that's what nope. I'm saying. Nope. If he nope. wants, nope. If he nope. wants nope. high, nope. He, he wants 18 mil. I that's am not giving – no. No. Just don't be surprised <laughs> if, that, if, if we come back let's, – let's come back to this when um, the season ends 
And if he says what he wants and and he gets that tag, I, I'm, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to say, there you go. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you. He might get the tag, just like what Adams is gonna, might get it next year, right? I mean, uh, the year after, two years uh, after. I can see Adams getting traded before, before getting tagged. I don't know yeah, why. No, the situation just seems to get worse with Adams. Like, it's nothing coming good out of like, And I know it's bad to say, but it's nothing good coming out of it. That's nothing coming good out of it as of right now. Adams wants his money. Joe Douglas is telling him, please, just just wait. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot going on with this salary cap thing, and players might end up losing their jobs in 2021 if their revenue is not looking good. Right. I, I get Adams' side, but I also get the, the you know, the owner's side, too. Like you said, with the cap, it's, it's going to be – who knows what it's going to be next year with this whole COVID thing and everything else. So, I guess yeah. – Basically, what he's telling the agent and telling him, listen, we want you here for life, but, you know, just give us a year. Let's get through this year because it's so messed up and with yes. everything going on. Give us a year and the next year we're going to take care of you. But Cause they, Right, because they're still talking about playing with a quarter with 25% of fans or no fans. That's not good. No. <laughs> That's not good at all. To me, I'll be honest. I, I mean, I love the guy as a player, so this has nothing to do with him. As a player, oh, yeah, of course. But he's showing that he's very selfish in this situation. Yes, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you can't like be. That. You can't really be mad at him of being selfish because in real, in reality, as a teammate on the field, <laughs> Come on. listen. But what kind of player are we talking about, though? I don't care. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is this is the thing. Fine, fine. But listen to this. You homegrown, you have a homegrown player that's basically an elite player, and then you can't shortchange the guy. It's yeah, the same thing like what we were talking don't. about in Kittles, in Kittles' version. And 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 this is the thing to to me too with the whole Adams thing, right? All the talk Adams has never publicly said that he wants to get paid so and so amount of money. All that is rumors. Adams has never said, "Oh, I'm going." I'm going to, to the Cowboys. That's a rumor. You never heard the guy said it with his own mouth. Somebody said it. You don't know if it's true or not. It, they're making, they're connect, playing connected dots because it More makes one too much that, sense. So I, I think that's true. Okay. But not way, I've never heard no, him no, no, say no, it. But I'm just saying I've never heard him say it. But my right, okay, Sean, I'll give you this. I'll give, right. It's not that he said, I want to play for them. But with, supposedly the whole thing was, would you want to play for the Cowboys? And he goes, Hey, you know what? I, you know, that's where I'm from. I'm from the area. I was a cowboy fan growing up. Yeah, I would love to play for the Cowboys. But what's that bad way, but in not that? Like, that's not a bad thing to say. I right, won't right. that against the right. guy for saying that. No, no, but he did say it. But go ahead. But that's not. That's not. That's not like him saying. <laughs> no, oh, no, that's what I'm saying. I just wanted to clarify. People, how people are basically it. inferring things that he there never did. He never said. And that's the thing, in my opinion. No, but he did say when you, And when you're having a, like we, we've said before, when you're having a negotiation, it's like war. And people play, people are acting like it's only neg it's the only stuff on the player's side and there's no stuff on the owner's side. The owner doesn't want to part with the money. Neither one, the player should want to be not underpaid either. I so, get it. <laughs> so in my opinion, you know, I, I'm, I, like, I, like, however it turns out, you know, but you can't shortchange a homegrown talent. He's no. an elite player. He needs to be paid. It's simple I as that. If that. you don't want to pay him, you trade him. 
He's played three seasons, though. That's right. But thing. he's an elite three season player, which is a very rare thing. You don't Absolutely. get players that play three years in the league, and Absolutely. then you're like, oh, but man, he's elite. It's I'm, rare. Not, I'm, not, I'm not denying that. But what I'm saying is, with this whole situation that the league is in, okay, number one, he looks selfish. And number two, just for the same reason you're saying, oh, you should pay Kittle and you got to look at the organization. They're not going to just give money to, to a, a player just because he asks for it. Now, everybody's going to say that on it. You know, anybody on the team mm. that thinks they're underpaid, they're going to say, hey, wait a minute, I'm underpaid. I, sh- I should get this too. Are they the level of Kittle or Adams? No, no, no. They're not elite, but they exactly. still like Exactly. No, no, no. But exactly. But so don't have dead in I the get quarter. what you're saying, Chris. I get what you're saying. But they still might be underpaid. Correct. If you're not getting paid the money that you like, let's say, okay, I'm not an elite player, but I'm a very good player. I should be getting paid more than what I'm being paid now. But the argument, the argument about about that, Chris, there's actually, Chris, there's actually rules on the books or, or, or kind of, there's actually guide guidance numbers for what regular or average players get paid. You know, there's a right. there's a number for what a tight end should be played. There's a number for what a linebacker to play. The arguments for these guys are null and void because they're average players. Everybody knows how much money you would be making if you were this tight end or that tight end or that. The problem, the argument comes is when we're talking about elite players because then when they ask for certain amounts of money or everybody deemed them to be asking for or a ridiculous sum of money is because they are force multipliers. They basically change the way or the make of the team. And that's why the argument becomes so heated is because who are you to ask for this amount of money? You're just, like you just said, a three-year player in the NFL. What are you? We could trade you and still be good. You understand I mean, That's the argument. And all he's saying is, yeah, go ahead and trade me. Right. You understand me? If that if, if that's the if that's what the argument is, that's not selfish. That's as an NFL player, you're a business. You need to make money. You you go, you He's could hit me right money. now and never play again in the NFL. He still so make money. <laughs> he signed. You know? He signed his rookie deal, and that's what he's on. And it's only it's only he's entering his fourth season, and he still has another season to go on his, you know, rookie contract. And how many we can look back? How many guys have actually re-signed? We even said it, uh, I think last week we talked about it, Aaron Donald, he didn't sign his until after what? After year four, I think. Right. And he's not elite? Of course. Come on, man. You know. <laughs> okay. I'm but I'm just saying, that's, that's what I'm saying. Just but, because but, but elite, this is what I'm mean. trying to tell you. But I'm, not saying, you but I'm not saying that you should. Contract. <laughs> but the argument I'm making is not that you should, put, you should pay him now because I know that there's an issue going on. I understand this. I'm saying that he has to get paid. I'm not saying now. I'm saying he has to get paid. The same right. way Aaron Donald was end, ended up getting paid. And when right. he got paid, you know what he got paid, right? Right. Adam There's nobody that makes as much money as a defensive tackle like Aaron but Donald. That's what I'm saying. Adam should get paid, but he should be, he's looking selfish in this situation because he's not looking at the whole situation. He's just looking Who at says, I though? want my money. Who says? Who said? Who is saying this? He never said it. Adams has never said anything. These are just rumors being flooded around, just like the Dak Prescott okay. Oh, so you situation. don't believe any of it? No, I'm sorry, I don't. The you only don't? thing okay. I believe in is that he believes that he needs to get paid like an elite safety. That's all I believe. Everything else is a rumor, in my opinion, unless he says it himself. Mm. That's all. That's okay. all I'm saying. Okay. 
let's 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 move along to the next topic. Um, uh, Charmin Mahomes, uh, top. Uh, they working on the contract. Chiefs and Mahomes working on a new contract. Uh, just a quick take. Uh, what how you feel about Mahomes? Get uh, what kind of contract will we get? Yeah, man. Uh, again, an, an, a ridiculously elite player, and we've never seen a player with that kind of success early in his career. We've never seen a player that is as good as he is throwing the ball and moving the ball with his legs. Uh, so this is going to be a record-setting contract. Um, he's proven that he could be an MVP. He could lead the league in passing. He could lead the league in, in throwing touchdowns. Um, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger um, kind of comes close to him when it comes to wins. Probably the last quarterback we saw that was so good early in his career was probably uh, Dan Marino. You know, um, this guy, to me, again, you talk about a force multiplier. Without him on that team, that team is not nearly as good as they are. He has them in the playoffs, and he has them beating elite teams over and over again. So when you take all that into con- you know, consideration, this contract will be record-setting. You know, um, the, the, the argument, the thing about the other NFL I don't think the Chiefs need to wait for any other quarterback because, to me, none of them could measure up with him, you know. Um, so whatever he's going to get paid is something that we haven't seen uh, in the league, in my opinion. I, I don't think I don't think it's going to be um, I don't think it's going to be anything other than you know. And if and if you and if you don't believe what I'm saying, look at what the Chiefs are doing. The Chiefs went out in the draft this year and they really didn't address their, their, their defense. And we know that's their weakness. You know, they're basically loading up on offense, giving the kid more because they know how much they, how dangerous he is and how much more dangerous he could get. So, you know, I, I, you know, I believe his contract will be record setting. How much it's going to be, I, you know, I mean, we could say it could be somewhere near the high 30s and probably even the low 40s. But, yeah, it's going to be something that we haven't seen before. I think the, uh, I think the length is going to be the, the, the big breaker, too. Because what is he, 20? What is he, 24? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. I, I, is he 24 yet? He's about like he's going to be 24. He's about, about yeah. like 23, turn to 24. Yeah. Yep. So you could easily sign this guy to a seven, eight, nine-year deal at four years, at 40 million, you know, now you're talking over $300 million. Yeah, which is going to be record setting now, wherever you put it, yeah. Yeah. You know who was the last player that had a contract like that? Who? Uh, Michael Vick, 10-year contract. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, how would they forget about that? (laughs) I know know you're not a big fan of him, Christopher. Go right ahead. No, no. (laughs) No, no, well, I don't think anybody's a real fan of that guy, but uh, think about it this way, with uh, going back to what with Kittle, Mahomes has made nothing his first three years in the league, right? He's made 465, 555, and 645 last year. So he's made nothing at all. So whatever you're going to pay him, let's say, uh, let's use eight years. Eight-year deal is not bad for a 24-year, uh, 24-year-old. You take him to 32, which is young for a quarterback now. And you say eight years at $40 million a year, that's $320 million if that's what it's going to be. That's crazy money. 
yeah, but you, well, you're only talking about what he's going to get paid yearly. You haven't talked about the signing bonus. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm just using it as like a that's right. like average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? this, this, the numbers, are, the numbers are just going to be re, uh, ridiculous. That's that's and, and all going to be. They, they should yeah. be, you know, for a quarterback yep. this good, and and what he's shown, especially last year, you know, mm-hmm. basically winning winning games on his own, you know, carrying the team on his back. So, um, I, I could I could easily see an eight year, forty million dollar a year, you know, average. Coming out three twenty, something like that. Yeah, right. Mahomes two seasons alone proves he's not just the winner, but he's already going to be a Hall of Famer. So much left in the tank to win more Super Bowls. He's your elite quarterback, so getting the deal done now, as as in like number one top quarterback money, will be our deal. Just to, so get it done now. <laughs> that's that's just my take on that. Um, so let's move on to uh to Deshaun Jackson. Um, he said uh, if there's no – if they playing with no fans, they should be mic'd up. Um, Chris, could you give us some some pros and some cons on this? I think it's a great idea, but I don't know if the NFL is going to be all for it because, you know, guys playing football are going to be talking trash to each other and you know there's going to be a lot of cursing going back and forth. Um, so unless they have a really good sensor guy waiting there with the button – you know, to censor these guys out. I just don't know if they're going to do it. Uh, maybe they might have it recorded and then maybe maybe they'll dub it afterwards. You know, like they'll... they'll uh, Yeah, know, like a delay? Yeah, something like that. Either a delay or... I, I could see something like that. I don't know if it'll be live. You'll be hearing the guys, you know, live talking. I, I, I would love it. I mean, it wouldn't bother me. Um, but... Um, It'll be interesting. I, they they got to come up with something. I think I've seen in the uh, German soccer Premier League, they've been using uh, fake crowd noise, you know, recorded mm-hmm. from other games. So I'm sure that's going to come into effect with the NFL because they see that it kind of makes it seem somewhat normal. Um, but um, I, I, I like the idea of the mic, uh, the mic up. I just don't know if it's going to happen, but maybe on a delayed, like we were saying, uh, a delayed uh, thing, you know, delayed recording. Able to do it so they could dub it or whatever, you know, censor it out. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, under the circumstances, the NFL just has to figure out, figure ways around to make, you know, I mean, we all love football and we know what football brings, but I think they could be a little bit, uh, a little bit innovative in the way they bring it to us with with the fans not being in the stands, you know. So they, they, I, I bet, you know, because, you know. NFL biggest sport in the world. I mean, in in America, they probably already thought about this and probably working on ways they could do or different things they could do to kind of enhance the experience. Uh, since the fan, since probably the fans won't be able to be in the stadium. So, I think I think uh, uh, Jackson is right. I think I think there's gonna be there could be a lot of a lot of things that they they could add or do to make things uh, to kind of enhance the experience if. Uh, no fans could be in the stadium. Uh, I think my pro, my pro to this situation is, uh, you know, getting getting that getting that experience on the field. Um, you know, it's just it's just more of a con thing. Um, I don't think I don't know if y'all watched the 2016 playoffs with the Packers and the Cardinals. Um, when Randall Cobb, um, one-handed catch and and. 
he ended up uh, having a punctured lung, and he was coughing up blood, and he was short of breathing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, he was, and it was because he was mic'd up, and they were saying like his mic pack on the in the back probably played the part in it. Wow. So, oh wow. And, yeah, like I was, I was sending y'all the article, but more, more than less, that that could play a part in that too, you know. Like that's that's very serious if you have a punctured lung or you're coughing up blood, <laughs> you know. So I I don't know. This could, this could go either way, but I wouldn't mind it. I think yeah, I'm, the players, right? If they if they could do something safely for them and yes. to work it out, I think it's a great idea. Um, I think they could use the um, like they already have the mics, you know the those big cones do you ever see them on the sideline that the cameramen yes. always so they could use them and get a decent amount of uh of the sound anyway so maybe they don't have to actually put mics on the players maybe they could just use them or maybe put more of them to get more of the sound so they don't have to put anything on the players to you know to prevent something what you just said happened you know correct yeah that's very true um quick take Charmin. um Antonio Deion Sanders uh, is working out Antonio Brown. Um, what what can you see happening with Antonio Brown and why Deion Sanders is getting involved? I think I think Deion Sanders is getting involved because like everyone, uh, he could see the potential of that guy. I think the reason why this guy has always been given multiple chances is because I think we all know he is an elite wide receiver. He's highly talented you know unfortunately as a person or as a human being he's you know he he has left a lot to be desired with his the way he behaves um but in my opinion um that i think that's what sanders is getting involved in i think he wants to champion you know um um his 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 cause you know and bring him back into the nfl the problem with that is uh, Goodell has never has. I don't think Goodell did. Goodell ever meet with him? I can't remember if Goodell met with him, and if he did, I don't. Um, think he he ever... did, but he never made up. He, he basically was saying when um, he basically said when when I guess his court cases, when his court cases is like the result on his court cases is basically going to be upon I guess whatever the decision is going to be for Antonio Brown, NFL wise. Yeah, so so you so we still probably would have to wait to see what kind of punishment the NFL would hand down on him, or you know, after his case, his court cases. So so yeah, I, I mean I mean like any other player, especially those NFL players uh, of the past, they love to champion the younger guys, especially the ones that that they love and they think that could bring back you know bring the flashiness to the game like he can. So yeah, I understand why Sanders is getting behind him, uh, but is this is that guy ready to change, you know, and become a more productive citizen? <laughs> you know, if that's the that's the question. You know, I, I you know what I, I think it doesn't hurt getting Deion Sanders as a you know as a guy helping you out, getting you know to help you get back into the league, not just training, but also to kind of ease you back into the league somehow. Um, you know, he's a legend in the, in, in the league. He's still on NFL Network, so he's obviously still in good with the league itself. So um, it, it can't hurt having Deion Sanders as a guy trying to get you into the league and talking for you and, 
and I, <clears throat> I, I just said it earlier in the week when, when we when it first came out. I wouldn't mind Joe Douglas, you know, calling him up and and have him come in to the office and just talk to him and just see where he is mentally. You know, forget about physically. Obviously, the guy's probably in awesome shape. Um, but I would I wouldn't I wouldn't mind bringing him in just to talk to him and see where he is mentally and you know what maybe possibly bringing him in you know this year you know he's he's not going to want more than a one year deal anyway because he's got to prove to everybody he's still Antonio Brown he's still a number one receiver and all that so you know if you could bring him in on a low one year deal no guaranteed you know bunch of incentives you know and all that kind of stuff we obviously need wide receivers so. But I, I asked uh, Samini today on one of his posts, and he said there's zero chance of the Jets bringing him in. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm uh, wrong. But I hopes are gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't know. Just to I didn't say bring him in to sign him. I was like just bring him in to talk to him and just see where he is mentally. Maybe maybe he's in a better place. I don't know. Maybe he's still what he was last year. I don't know what he was last year, but he definitely wasn't uh, thinking straight last year. So, but maybe he's better. I don't know. Maybe he got help. We don't know. So, uh, but I'm, you know what, to see him play again, because he's a great player, and hopefully Dion can help him out, you know, and hopefully he's in the league at some point again. Yeah. Cool. Um, Antonio Brown, can, when he comes back, he can still be a top five, potentially top three. Um, still got Michael Thomas, you got Hopkins, you got Beckham. He can still come at a high level, you know, Antonio Brown's a hell of a wide receiver. Uh, but when he, but before that, he's still going to get slapped with that suspension. So we shouldn't expect him back no time soon. Um, the positive thing is that we haven't heard his name in a while. So hopefully that means he's staying out of trouble and maybe he's getting the help he needs. You know? Yeah, but, exactly. You never know. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Cam, Cam Newton real quick. Um, starting, starting quarterback, uh, Chris, uh, starting quarterback or backup quarterback, or should he, or where do you see Cam Newton in, in the situation he's in right now? I, I think you know he's he's definitely got no. I don't think he's got any shot at a, at a starting position at this point. Maybe if there's an injury during camp or during one of the preseason games, uh, you know what? He, he he'll probably get the first call. But. Um, I mean, there's really no jobs out there for him. I mean, yeah, we could say he's better than, you know, a certain amount of the league easily. With, without a doubt, he's better. But, you know, are they going to, you know, are they going to bring him in and start a quarterback controversy and all that? I, I don't know if they're ready for it, especially for a guy that they just don't know what he is physically at this point. You know, until they do a, a you know, a whole physical on the guy, they probably, you know, you won't know what he is physically, what he could do, what he can't do. So um, I, I think until all that happens, physical, you know, getting it physical, he's going to have to sit out for a while. I think, and he's going to have to wait and hope, uh, you know, unfortunately something happens injury-wise and he gets a shot because right now I don't see him having a position. So at best, a backup somewhere. Obviously, he's better than 99% of the backups, probably 100% of the backups. But um, it's amazing how a guy, former MVP in this league, uh, is still out there, but unfortunately, it's it's probably in, you know injury wise, and he's got to prove that he's healthy. Yeah, um, I think one of the things that 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 people don't talk about when you talk about Cam is his big personality. Um, that 
is a, always something that coaches look out for because you have to remember the coach kind of likes to have control over his own locker room and guys that are that guys that take too much of that control away uh, a kind of a hindrance to them in their in their opinion uh, in in fostering the kind of you know locker room they have and cam being a former MVP and you know being Cam Newton, just being Cam Newton is gonna you know garner a lot of attention, and for the most part, coaches don't like that stuff, you know. So, um, so that's probably one of the things also, other than the injury and all and 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 everything else that that um, that comes with him. So, I think him waiting until uh, you know waiting until. Um, I'm sorry about that. <clears throat> Waiting until the um, after the season starts, or or, or when when the teams teams start gathering to try to get a job is I think it only makes sense. Um, like I said, I think you know waiting for injuries, injuries and stuff like that. Waiting for camp because in camp you never know what happens, man. What when you know players have been out um, exercising and stuff like that, but being in football shape is a different animal. And trying to get a lot of players trying to get into football shape for the most part, these guys uh, could end up getting injured and stuff like that. So you know, his luck might change after after you know when a few weeks of into a, uh, the first couple of weeks of camp. Work. Um, I said this before. Cam at this point has to take a gamble and sign to a team as a backup quarterback. When he's healthy, he can be a starting quarterback still. You know. But until he can work out with the team and get a physical done by the team doctors, I don't see him getting signed. At this point, he will be the best backup quarterback, um, of course, and then there's Flacco, and then I hate to say his name, number three, Jameis Winston, Winston, the turnover machine. <laughs> but I think the teams he can sign with is maybe the Colts um, under Phillip Rivers, uh, the Jags under uh, Minshew. Uh, the Patriots, um, bigger chance at starting QB, and even and even the Oakland and even the Las uh, Vegas Raiders, almost said the Oakland Raiders, but the Las Vegas Raiders, because um, with you know with Carr's status with the team is so uncertain, and you know he got to be playing for his job this season. Well, hopefully he'll have a good season. Who knows? And they signed Mariota too. Uh, Correct. Yeah. So it wouldn't hurt just to to look at him. You know, so I'm, that's just that's just you know my what, take on that. You know what a part of it too is with with Newton. If you sign Newton to a team like let's, I'm going to use the Jets as a good sure. example, right? You don't want to bring in a guy like him to back up uh, Sam Donald right now because Sam Donald is, you know, he's your future, your present, and your future franchise quarterback. And you don't sure. want, you know, him looking behind, you know, behind his, you know, behind his back saying, "Oh man, I better play good." Because this guy, former MVP, former Super Bowl quarterback, is going to take over, you know, my position. It's a little different with Flacco. I think Flacco is at the end of his career. And I think yeah, Flacco is coming in. I'm the backup. I'm not coming to start. Cam Newton wants to show that he could play because he wants yeah. to get another contract, you know, a big contract too. So he's he's also – that's an, also another spot, another reason why – it's hard for him to find a position because uh, a team because he's going to be a starter, right? He wants to be a starter, and nobody's going to be willing to give him that, you know. So it's it's very touchy with him. He has to come in with the mentality 
like Bridgewater did last year. Hey, you know what? I'm going to sit behind Breeze for a year, you know, and if he retires, I'll take over here. If not, I'll go somewhere else and, you know, hopefully I'll sign a big contract. If it worked out for Bridgewater, maybe it'll work out for him. I don't know. Mm. You know, we'll see. Interesting. Interesting point, Chris. Um, Charmin, let's uh, talk about Pat Patrick uh, Peterson for a second. Um, he said he talked about his diabetes and he's kind of concerned of playing with the COVID nineteen. Um, what's the risk? What's the risk for the players that uh, that could possibly have COVID nineteen? And what's the risk for the for the NFL as as the virus is still going on? I think that's one of the uh, most least talked talks talked about uh, topics. I think um, we've uh, determined that this disease attacks people with uh, on the line conditions more than in, than anybody else. You know, if you have an on the line condition, having this disease is basically uh, uh, becomes uh, extremely dangerous. You know. If, if you don't have an, an underlying condition and you're just a normal person, for the most part, you will get through the disease fine. You will be sick for a few days, but then you'll be sick, you'll be fine. But, but having diabetes and getting this thing is not a good thing. And there might be other people that have other issues, like probably a, a heart murmur or something, you know, whatever underlying issue you may have, be exposing yourself to the disease you know, is, is going to be, you know, very dangerous. So you have to weigh these things. And he's right in weighing, you know, if he could play or not. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's something, unfortunately, you have to take a, you know, take into consideration in this, in this situation. So I think uh, probably um, there is a conversation being had, but there's not really in the media, I haven't heard, any conversation being had about the players coming back. Um, they're not all healthy horses. Some of them have stuff uh, going on with them that, that might interact with disease in a really negative way. So, um, I mean, uh, we haven't really heard from the NFL all the um, lengths they will go to in protecting their players. Um, we will, I guess in the near future, we'll be um, getting, getting those but I think he's most definitely right in having to weigh uh, uh, pros and cons in, of, of playing uh, football this year under these circumstances. I think you also got to worry about, too, not just the players, but what about the coaches? I mean, they, these guys are a little, yep. bit, a little bit, a lot older than the players, right? And also the refs. Yep. Yep. So, remember, Sean Payton had the, Sean Payton had the uh, COVID-19, too. Right. So you, you got to see, you know, it's obviously they, they're working all this out and they're going to, they're probably going to test, you know, the players, the coaches, everybody, like uh, probably once a week, probably every day they walk into the, into the building, I would think uh, just to be on the safe side. And, you know, uh, at least the temperature wise, uh, I know on, um, on HBO real sports, they had a good special on this month. If you check it out on um, how the Korean baseball league is, is doing it, you know, and um, it's actually pretty interesting. So I would assume they're going to kind of use their model as a guideline, you know, and maybe add more to it and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I can see them testing them every day. They walk into the um, into their complex and for practice or whatever. So it's going to be interesting how they how, how they work this out. All right. And with Von Miller, uh, Von Miller also had it. And Von Miller was so scared. <laughs> 
and he and he just basically described it like too couldn't breathe to so so many things so this is this is a major concern we don't know if it's going to come back in 2021 so i'm hoping yeah, no. so you know if pat if, if peterson decides to retire or not play the season then it's it's not a loss and i not understand you know the circumstances as to why he wouldn't want to play the season um yeah. i think that the, the biggest i'm sorry one more thing I think there's a lot of uncertainty with with the with the COVID nineteen and all that, and I think that's what's that's what makes it so much tougher, you know. Because right now it seems like you know it's it's pretty much under control, but you know with everything going on, you know we see all these protests and everything with everybody on top of each other, not many people wearing masks. We might see a spike in you know in positives again. So who knows? Uh, it's 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 definitely going to be interesting the next couple of weeks and even next month when when these players start showing up for camp. Agree. Um, so, Chris, uh, let's talk about this fourth and fifteen uh, proposal. Um, for what I know, is maximum if if it passed, the maximum is two times uh, per game. I'm thinking. Um, how can how do you see this uh, rule being passed, and why? I don't know. I mean, I, I, it it didn't pass this year, so the only chance of it is maybe next year. Uh, it seemed a little. I, I don't know what the right word is. It's a little hokey or something to me. <laughs> I, you know, onside kicks, I think are fine. You know, uh, this other thing, it just, I don't know. I, I wasn't for it when I first heard it. Um, you know, the onside kick is, I think it's fine the way it is. You know, we, we've seen it come up big in big games. Obviously the Super Bowl, the, that's probably the biggest onside kick we've seen in, in a while. Um, the Saints and the Colts when, when they did it right out of uh, halftime and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, that's why I, 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 the onside kick, I don't think is going to, you know, I, I don't know. I just see it um, until they get rid of kickoffs, which I don't see that happening anytime soon. I, I don't think they would change it. Um, I could see them improving the kickoff, like what they did in the XFL. I like their kickoff, uh, their rule, the, the way they, they ran their kickoffs. I wish that would come into the NFL because I think that would minimize the injuries a little bit more on kickoffs, and that's what they were worried about. But um, this rule seemed a little, I don't know, it didn't seem great. So I, I didn't think it, w- it was going to pass. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think one of the reasons why um, not only this rule, but a lot of the other rules were, were tabled was because they basically, because I think, like Chris just said, I think they sound right, sound well, but I don't think they have enough support behind them. So I think... Um, and probably they're gonna have they're gonna talk about it next year too, you know. By then, by then, the support might grow, and then they could go ahead and change. I think, I think again, under the circumstances with this whole COVID nineteen and everything, I think a lot of things have changed. I think it kind of forced the hand of the NFL to kind of look differently at a lot of things they were gonna implement, you know. So I think, I think, I don't think it, this is the end for a lot of those rules. I think it's just uh, wait in time they will change right um and i think um and last but not least if, if this rule was to pass i feel like the only quarterbacks that that could take advantage of it is mahomes brady breeze and and just a little bit of a few other quarterbacks could take advantage of the fourth and 15. um well it's fourth and is it 15 or 25 yes it's four, 15. 15 okay it's 15. and if and if they want to pass the rule don't 
don't do it unless if a team was down like more than 14 points in the fourth right. quarter. Right. You know, yeah. like it has to be served. It has to be just, oh, they, they can't do it in the first, they can do it in the first quarter. That, that gives teams disadvantage. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't see this rule passing no time soon, but it was a good proposal, though. It was a good try. Yeah, no, I, um, I don't mind change. I don't mind some things changing in, in the week. It's all right. Right. Correct. You, yeah, I agree with you, Chris. Um, last last topic. Um, Charmin, Melvin Gordon, <laughs> of course, he gets at the Chargers. Um, he says the fans uh, feel like uh, it's not going to hurt them because he because it really wasn't no fan base with the Chargers. Do you agree with him or why? <laughs> Yeah, I agree with him because uh, he's right. Uh, unfortunately, that we we've people make jokes, uh, make fun of the Chargers all the time about the fact that they never really have their fans in their stadium, and they always have the traveling teams fan, uh, which is pretty sad. And one of the reasons why the Chargers moved from San Diego to LA, but then they moved to a place where they have even less fans. You know, so it's like you know you can't you can't you know you can't really say he's wrong. But also, you know that since they never signed him to the lucrative contract he was looking to to get, and they cut him, he's also just taking a shot at his team here. You know, so <laughs> both to me, to me, that's you know he he's right, but you know he's taking a low, he's basically taking a shot. Yeah, I, you know what we've we've seen even before uh, they moved to the to LA to that stadium they played in last year. Um, we've seen the fan base was never strong in San Diego, even before that. They always had a weak, strong base, uh, fan base, and uh, that's why they've always been, you know, trying to move out of there, trying to get a new stadium built, and, and all that. And yeah, now and now they got to share a stadium in LA where LA has never proved that they could support a team, and now they got to support two NFL teams. So it's pretty sad. Uh, the charges, I, I do feel bad because they, they have a pretty decent team. Um, but, um, I, like I, I've, t- I've said it before, I definitely see the charges moving within the next 10 years, maybe not even that long, but 10 years or less, I should say, I could see them moving somewhere else. Um, I just don't see two teams lasting in, in LA, but it's pretty messed up with what Gordon's saying, you know, it's, it's messed up. It's the truth, but it's sad too, you know? Well, the good thing is, is that they, uh, the Broncos and Chargers play each other twice close to the end of the season. And, um, and also, the funny thing is, is you know that the Chargers and the Rams, they play in the same stadium. But do you know that if you buy a ticket for um, PSL, upper deck, midfield seat, for the Chargers, it's $100 compared to the Rams, which which gets $4,000. <laughs> that is a big difference. Yeah. The Chargers <laughs> are losing a hell of a lot of money. He was in a hell yep. of a lot of money in this situation. So they will I'm not just, be there long. I'm telling you. That's why Chris exactly. Saint, yeah. That's why Chris is right. Other than that, other than that, we'll see what happens. Uh, Melvin Gordon, you better be ready to play the Chargers uh, this season because you play them twice. So put your money where your mouth is. But that's it for the podcast. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter, Just Fans Podcast. Always a pleasure to do this for y'all. And until next week. Take a flight. Take flight.